Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, this week on Bat Chat we've got Paige Hadley, an Aussie Diamond, a one-club, two-time championship player with the Swifts in the Super Netball League. Uh, she's done an ACL. Her recovery story from that is a great one, but I thought the real highlight was the 2022 Commonwealth Games medal story. She walked away with a medal, but how she got it and what she contributed to the team was something I really took away from this interview. She's playing in a knockout prelim final this weekend. Big thank you to KO Sports for making this one happen. And you can watch that against the West Coast Fever in the Suncorp Super Netball Finals free and live on KO Freebies. Head to kosports.com.au forward slash freebies to enter and register for that. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. So Backchat, wherever you listen, give us a rating and follow Backchat on YouTube to watch all of our episodes. This one with Pages a Ripper. Enjoy it. Right, Paige, you're sitting there going, what is going on here? Uh, Back Chat Podcast, powered by Fleet Network for season 2023. We're in Sydney and we're very happy and uh, privileged to be joined by superstar, netball superstar, Paige Hadley. How are you, Paige? I'm very Paige. well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for Anytime. making your way over. Um, inner city, Sydney, we've got planes flying over, so it's cold <laughs> this morning. Um, we appreciate you coming in. Now, you've got some finals to play in the next uh, couple of weeks, so we wish you luck for that. But... We're going to go through your journey as a player, um, sports person, um, get through all the good stuff. But before we do that, we ask the first question. It's the same to every guest we ask, right? Um, we have on here on Back Chat. Now, we know we know you're a Commonwealth Games world gold medalist. We know you're a world good. champion. We know you've <laughs> played for your country. We know you're a premiership player. We know you're captain of your club. We know all that, okay? We <laughs> know all research. those things, right? <laughs> Just to start, we just want to say we don't care just for the moment. We want to know your greatest sporting achievement, not on the netball court. So you've done a lot of great things in netball. We understand that. We do. And we love it. But we want to know your greatest sporting achievement, not uh, on the netball court. Now, a bit of an update. Mm. Dan Const, uh, my co-host Dan, um, 
he he took uh, five for sixteen and under twelves cricket match. Yeah, in a, in a grand final. And we take the trophy final. everywhere. I've had it for two years, and it broke on the way over here. <laughs> the ball has it, yeah. come out of the trophy. I don't know where it is. The, wood, it's the wood's broken on it. The ball from the game is in the trophy, and that's come out. I've had it for twenty years, and it's finally broken. So that's Dan's. I was a state under nine uh, hurdling champion before my football um, uh, efforts. <laughs> Have you got something that wasn't on the netball field that you can give, share with us? Oh, um, well. I do have quite large feet, and so I was a, I was a good swimmer. That's good. Nice. And so growing up, I was like the CHS champion of swimming. Wow. And the only reason I probably stopped swimming was because my dad hated sitting in a chlorinated pool. So <laughs> I chose netball because my mom took me instead of my dad. Wow. So what's yeah. the CHS champion? What's that? So we have in Sydney, it's like the combined high schools. Right. So I went. So you're a gun. Yeah. So I went through, and then yeah, I was quite a good swimmer. And then yeah, dad said. Can't do these early mornings or late afternoons, so <laughs> let's go netball. That's unreal. We like that. That's <laughs> yeah. quite good. Freestyle? Yeah, freestyle and backstroke were my two strokes um, that I was not bad at. Butterfly, I couldn't get my – didn't have the range of the butterfly. Butterfly. Yeah. I can't imagine you've ever been able to do butterfly there. It's, <laughs> like fla- it's just flailing in the water looking like I'm drowning most <laughs> of the time. Like when I swim in general. Uh, that's great, Paige. Very good. So you speak about your, your dad and your parents. They usually have a lot to do with sports people when they're growing up. What was your childhood like? Were you sporty? Yeah, absolutely. Dad used to take my brother to footy and then mum would take me to netball. Mum was heavily involved, so she played umpired coach pretty much since I was born. Nice. Um, so, yeah, my dad would come watch me play netball, but he'd bring the hot chips with my brother after footy. And mum's like, no, you got to play. You're not allowed to eat hot chips. So, yeah, massive sporty family and, um, yeah, they're very involved still now. Do you remember, um, do you remember playing netball as a child thinking – like, uh, this is something I can do for a job? Never. Yeah. Um, I remember mum was, like, involved in our club and I and she's like, oh, we'll sign you up when I was six or whatever. I was like, no, nah, I'm not playing, like, really shy. And then my best friend decided to play. So I was like, oh, I'll play. She's playing. So <laughs> I joined with her and um, just loved playing with her and stuff. But, yeah, never thought. Like, I guess women and netball wasn't on the TV as much. It wasn't really in your, in your face all the time on social media and that. So... I never thought it was like a career. I just thought it was just something you do for fun on, on a Saturday. So did you have sporting idols growing up? Like who, who were they? Um, really? Realistically, it wasn't probably till later in my career that I had, probably had like a netballer, which was Nat Bomberto, who was the Australian captain at the time when I was growing up. But it was more like um, Roger Federer. I just loved watching him play tennis you know, early mornings or late nights whenever the tournaments were on. But, yeah, I feel like the women probably weren't as in your face unless I went to like a netball clinic. And even then I was – you know, too shy or too embarrassed to go up to them and say hi. So uh, Liz Ellis obviously was the one in Sydney who was just, you know, well-known. Yes. But, yeah, I don't think women was as much in your face when I was growing up and I don't, I didn't think it was going to be a career. It was like a hobby. It wasn't a, it wasn't a career or a job. So when – at what point do you go, oh, like I can do this for a living? Like, yeah, it probably wasn't until like, to be honest, like my first state team when I was like 17, 18. Uh, and then I saw the pathway of like, oh, you go from here – I moved down to the AIS to live and then, then the Swiss for an opportunity. But even then, it, all the girls worked part-time or full-time. We used to train outside of hours. So it wasn't until the last probably five or six years that actually a lot of girls can actually live off this um, and not have to have full-time jobs as well. Where did you Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up out west in, in Penrith. Um, I'm a Westie, so massive sporting area like rugby league, like the Panthers obviously from out there. Yeah. But, yeah, massive rugby league, massive netball fan. Like they got – 
over like 40 courts out there. Like Saturday was just – it was a festival. Like it was just netball going on, soccer over the road, footy going on. So, yeah, massive sporting area. Swifts was your team growing up, wasn't it? Yeah, so Swifts were um, – they had the – yeah, you had the Sandpipers and Hunter Jagers come in, but the Swifts were – The what? The what? Hunter Jagers. They yeah. were What's one of them. What's a Hunter Jager? Yeah, the Hunter Jagers. They were based out in like in Newcastle. Great. Um, Hunters are players. Yeah, Hunter, oh, so yeah. The, the Jagers. Yeah, yeah. surely yeah. the Hunter Valley, that's where all the yeah. wine. Right. Yeah, where you have to drink the wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so Swiss were, they were the ultimate. Like they were, they had the heroes, they were successful. Um, and yeah, they wore that iconic yellow dress that we all watched. That's unreal. So what's it like going for the Swifts? And then you've been a one club player your whole career. Like you, you're effectively a fan that's just, you know, <laughs> come in and now you've you Got play. to hang around. Yeah, and you, you know, you've, you now captain the club, so that's a that's a pretty cool journey. Not many people get to do that. Yeah, I remember um, there was one game like my local club won like a chance to go and play on the court before the Yellow Swifts, and Mum's got photos. You know, we're all there with our participation, like you know, little certificates. And yes. To look back now and think that that's young kids that are playing in front of like before our games or at halftime and stuff. Like, never would have thought that would even be like. You know, I remember Mum used to say like at reps oh, you're not playing for Australia, like, you know, get over it. And then now she's like, oh, God, you are playing for Australia. <laughs> like, you know, like it just used to be something I just loved. Like, you know, it was an outlet from, you know, life and school and all of that and I just loved the sport. But, yeah, never thought I would be actually a, a job. What um, what growing up personality-wise do you think and, and things that you learnt from your parents or your siblings that, that's made you a successful athlete? Like, is it competitiveness? Is it... Um, the drive, commitment, all that stuff. What, what, what do you think, like, growing up you learnt that made you the athlete you are? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I don't think I've ever been the most skilled or the most talented or – but, you know, my parents, working class, moved out west to be able to afford to live, um, provide for me and my brother, you know, be able to have opportunities to play sport or go, you know, go on holidays, all those sort of things. And it was just that hard work and that commitment and I think – um, I always say that I think one of the things that have got me so far is my training ability to be able to be in an environment and just be like a sponge and just want to work and learn and, and constantly be able to get better and I think that's something that's put me in good stead for the longevity of my career and I think you know coaches being able to say that I you know want to learn and I'm, I'm coachable and um, but yeah it's definitely that hard work I think I've definitely never been like the most talented or had all the skills or the height or anything in netball but it's been my hard work and I think every session, every season I want to get better and I think that's what's motivated, motivated me to be, you know, with the Swiss for 12 or 13 years now. you got the big feet. Don't yeah. <laughs> well, I never used to be – it's actually so funny because everyone's like, oh, you're so fast. And I was like, I remember when I first got into in-Swiss program, which was like kind of like the program where you'd go from state teams and they picked it like kind of underage nationals teams. And yeah. um, I could not run. The guy's like, how are you a mid-quarter? And I was like, well, it's probably because of my height. Like everyone else is like, you know, six foot something. And he's like, but you can't run. I was like, I think it's my feet. Like they slow me down. And then I'm like, I'm good in the pool, but not on land. And it's so all, I remember oh, all this year, it was literally just teaching me how to like run over these little hurdles, so like sp- like speedway. And that wasn't until I was 17. And because I was more of like a wind defense center. And right. then I they moved me when I learned how to run into a wing and tap because I actually had to have like, you know, quick feet and move. So it's actually really funny because I never was quick when I was younger. I was kind of like just like a, 
a plotter. Just, you know, read the belt. That's why I like center because you just plot around. But then when I went to wing attack, he's like, no, you need to be like fast. And he's like, you need to learn how to run. And then, yeah, it wasn't until then. I remember you used to cry at some sessions because everyone else was doing fun things. It's like, no, page on the hurdles, over the hurdles, yeah. over the hurdles. And I'm like, well, it worked out in the end, didn't it? Just imagine, like, flipper feet. Like, <laughs> do, they, do they come in handy now for any, like, now that you've learned to use them? Is it like a, an advantage? Oh, yeah. Well, I think record? one of my biggest strengths now is like what we say is my change of direction. And one of my teammates, Romelda, who's come this year, she's like, oh, you just break ankles, you know, when you change direction that quick. People go and you're going this way. So it actually helped in the long run. What, yeah. So you're talking about um, the positions there on a netball court. I've always, always quite intrigued with different sports, uh, who's who on the field. And, and I don't mean like who's good, who's bad. I mean like the characters. Like who, who we, we did some stuff with the Fever a few weeks back and, like who, who are the grumpy ones? Who are the who are the you know happy go lucky? Like I'll just do my thing. Who are the look? I don't, you don't have to call them out, but like who, who are the you know who are the who are the money the big girls? Dogs. Yeah, who are the big dogs? Who are the who are the oh. uh, so like who are the who are the grumpy angry ones? Like uh, uh, like who are the ones that just you know not complain to the umpires, but the 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 ones that you know something something doesn't go their way and they they get angry. That's probably the wind defense because okay. you know they never get the accolades. They always do the hard work yeah, and then yeah. nothing ever goes their way. They're always out of play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'll be the wind defense. And then the the shooters are the, you know, it's all about big me, dogs. the big dogs, get the big the money because, you know, they've got to shoot the super shots and get the goals in. But yeah, they're the ones like, oh, what? Poor me. Like, you know, got contacted, like, can't clutch me. Like, forwards. They're, I mean, forwards, yeah. that's, that's they're like. They're the princesses. Yes. And that's like, that's sport wide. Like, yeah. footy, basketball, doesn't matter what you do. They're, they're the forwards. Yeah. What, what about the defenders? Like, are they. What are they? Well, it's interesting because I always think the defenders are like the mongrels. Like they're just getting mm. there, get the job done. But then our, our defenders are quite like, hmm, meh, like, right. meh. And I'm like, come on, like bit, bit, of, bit of mongrel there. Like, you know, but they're very like, Clearly meh. they get the job done. Oh, get the job done. But it's like, meh, whatever. I'm out of play 20 <laughs> times, meh. Like, but yeah, I would say they're, they're the more mongrels at the back end. And where do you sit? I mean, where? Well, I think the mid-quarters are just the workhorses that, you know, we never really get the accolades. You've got to shut down the ones out in front so the defenders get the intercepts and then you've got to deliver all the balls so everyone remembers that super shot that, you know, yes. Helen Housie and our team get. So we're just to kind of fly under the radar and just do your job and get the job done. It's a good analysis of the yeah. <laughs> um, We spoke to Nat Medhurst, I mentioned it just before, and she spoke about, look, it, it certainly wasn't a um, poor me, but she spoke about, you know, struggles starting off in the league. She was getting paid $1,000 a season to play when she started playing. Now, I know the game's come a long way since Nat started, but when you started in the game um, as a 18, 19, 20-year-old, what, what what was that like from a financial point of view? Um, did you have to hold another job somewhere else? We went, went full-time professional. How many girls are like that now? Like, Where's it sitting in that aspect? Yeah, so when I first um, got picked up, I think my first contract was $11,500. Wow. and. Personally, I thought it was the best thing ever. Like, it's my part-time job. I lived at home, so, you know, paid nothing. Um, went to, I was at university at the time, so I was at full-time university and, and netball. And I thought, oh, God, this is the best part-time job. I used to work at Video Easy. And I'm like, <laughs> Video Easy or playing netball? I'll pick, Shout I'll out pick. Video Easy. <laughs> rest, rest in peace. I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick netball. But, um, yeah, now, obviously, the I think the rookie, rage, rookie wage is still only 45000 So... Um, it's you know, it's hard. A lot of girls have to move into state for opportunities. Yeah. Um, and how do you, especially moving to Sydney on forty thousand, it, it's hard. Most of it just goes to rent. So, yeah. I feel like it's come a long way. And I always describe it as I feel like the top players probably can live off it and make a good money. But 
it's not setting you up for like years after sport, if that makes sense. So mm. I feel like netball is still in that position where once you retire, you got to get a job straight away. It's not like you can you know, set yourself up in the last few years what you want to do and have a few years off. It's like, no, like it's all right money now and you can set yourself up. But like for future years, you're still going to have to go straight away and get a job and have an income. Yeah. So it's come a long way, but there's still a long way. And I think there's discrepancy between, you know, if you're getting paid 45000 or you're getting paid one hundred and twenty. You know, but yet, yet you're still required to do all the hours, same hours, and a lot of the girls can't hold full-time jobs or anything because if we train, you know, from seven to one some days. So um, it's about having that flexibility. But the Play Association has tried to put in, like, blockout hours so people can obviously have jobs and stuff throughout the throughout the week. But, yeah, it's still – it's come a long way, but there's still, like, so much more to go. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely interesting from the outside looking in to see that there's certainly been a – improvement from what i can see but um it's interesting to hear your thoughts so uh let's tell you back to the start then um you you, you like i said before you're a one club player with the swifts um what's it like signing with the swifts for the for the first time do you remember getting that contract playing that first game yeah well so my um my first game i was living at the AIS and there had been injury and so i lived with like 15 other girls that were similar age trying to break into the ANZ at the time. Um, and I've got this missed call off Lisa Behag, who was the coach. And I was like, oh, why is she calling me? And anyway, I ring her back and I'm like, you know, peering out of that because we lived in a dorm. So there was like six in the room. So I'm trying to get <laughs> out of the room. You know, so I don't, everyone didn't hear my conversation. And um, she's like, oh, we've had an injury this week. We'd like you to fly to Adelaide on the weekend and meet us there and, and, and you know, suit up this week. And obviously in netball, like, you don't really like there's a starting seven usually and you know you, you could go a whole year and not play like because yes. the netball was traditionally like a starting seven and one or two may get on uh it's a bit different now with rolling subs because obviously people can just roll on where you used to have to call timeout injury or whatever so uh, i thought oh, i'll just go and you know i'll just be on the bench like this is so cool like whatever <laughs> yeah so i fly to adelaide and then i think we're getting beat by like 20 odd goals and she's like oh Paige, you're gonna go on and i was going up against shiny layton who was like one of the best defenders in in the league and one of the loudest defenders in the league. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God. I don't remember the debut at all. I have no idea what I did. Whatever. I just remember I was like, holy shit. I'm next to Shiny Lane. Like, this is ridiculous. And like, the height difference of us is like this. Like, it's huge. And I'm going, oh, God, I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? But, yeah, that was the start. So then that season I ended up playing, like, I think six or seven games. This is a replacement player. So every time someone was injured, I would go from Canberra, fly down that weekend come back so it was pretty cool and then obviously from there then the next year they offered me that full-time contract and so what year was that uh 2012 2012 so yeah you get the full-time contract in 2012 your debut for australia in 2013 yeah so i got yeah that's a decent effort yeah it was um i was like oh this, this is what happens like so you get your contract <laughs> and then you get called up to and i remember the first year i played for the swiss i was playing more wind defense yep. um and then i moved more to an attack, attacking role but yeah i debuted um, against Malawi, two games they had, they rested a few players that year, um, that series. So then I came in and debuted, and it was awesome. I was like, oh, so you get your contract and you play for Australia, and then yeah, the following year, obviously, um, did my ACL. But in that first bit, I was like, God, this is what happens: you get your full contract, and you go straight on to play for Australia. And then um, it was unreal. Like I remember playing for Australia, and obviously we played Malawi, who I think were ranked fifth at the time. Um, but I was playing just like I was playing with Nat and Aaron Bell and. Um, Kimmy Green and like Maddie Brown, like those just like the icons of the game. And I was this young kid that just thought, oh, this just happens. You, you know, you get your contract, and then you get to play for Australia with these guys. <laughs> I went to school with Maddie Brown. She was my her her mum was my sports teacher. Oh, really? Chris Dane. <laughs> Chris, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> Maddie was like 
geez, to just be better than all of us at sport. That's why I remember <laughs> Maddie. Um, when, when, you, when you're at the AIS and you get the call up, is there any sort of, like if you're all living together and you're all trying to make it, is there any awkwardness when you get like the call up? You're like, because you, you want everyone to sort of succeed, but you're the one that gets the call. Yeah, it was, it was um, hard because at the time there was a few of us living from New South. And um, so uh, Gabby Simpson and Kim Revalian, who uh, they both ended up going to the Firebirds, so Queensland. But we'd grown up playing together kind of like all nationals and all state teams. And so then we moved down to the AS. And so we're all hoping to also get back to Swifts and be able to play for our home home state. So it was hard because obviously when I got that call and they were obviously happy for me, but I could feel like it was like, you know, like, happy but also that they're waiting for their opportunity and yeah. so that following year when I got the Swiss contract um, when someone retired um, they ended up signing with the Queensland Firebirds and so Gabby hasn't been back since she's been there ever since I've been at Swift she's been at Firebirds so yeah it is hard because obviously we all went down there for the same kind of goal to get the opportunity and it was just a, literally just like positional of like all right we want this kind of position yeah. and um, Lisa saw something in me and I was the one that got it but it could have been any of us that probably got that spot and then it would have been different yeah, I may have been the one that had gone to five birds. You just don't know. Playing playing for your country is pretty special, and not not many people in any sport get to do that. Oh, it's like it's unreal. And I think my diamonds journey has been like, I got in really young, and then I went to a World Cup, and then I got dropped, and then I was in, and then I was out, and then I've been on tours, and it's been a roller coaster. And I feel like my diamonds journey probably didn't really kick off until the last kind of year and a half when a new coach came in, and I guess sees something different in you. And um, yeah, I thought when I debuted so young, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, you could play every game for Australia here. And then I got injured and then got dropped from the team for a while. And then I've been on tours and never played or they used to take, I remember they used to take 13 on the, um, on the tour, but 12 would suit up. And so you, if you get a text message, you know, you're not suiting up that day. And I'll be like, Paige, can you please come to my room? I'm like, oh no. Uh, the <laughs> and then, yeah. Then you walk in and you're like, she's like, so, um, you know why you're here? Yeah, you know. I know why I'm here, <laughs> but yeah, obviously I think it makes it all the worth like worthwhile when you when you do get the opportunity to play because even though I've been in their system since 2013 for Australia, I haven't played that many games because I've been kind of in and out. So every time I do get the opportunity, like it's just unreal. So let's talk about that ACL. So um, you think right? I just come in, I get my contract <laughs> with the professional team, play for the country. You're gonna, it's just going to be, you know, how it goes. And as a young person, you do that, right? Yeah. You think, well, you don't know any better. Invincible. So what's that? What's that moment like when when you, when you injure your, your knee severely, ACL? Yeah, I remember. Um, it was like a Thursday. We'd just played. We'd done all preseason. We played one game against the Fever, and then we we're training that week leading into the second game. And I just went for a ball like on the circle edge, and I tried to stay like onside. Literally just landed. Boom, boom. Felt it like straight away. Screened. I felt the pop. Um, and everyone like you watch the video and everyone's like because mm. everyone just knows in netball that's what happens and I guess I didn't realize the magnitude of what I was about to go through because I feel like I was only 20 so I think I was 19 or 20 and so no one I really knew had kind of gone through that I'd seen it like you know on social media or you'd seen players had done it because in netball unfortunately it's like a common injury but yeah I'd never actually known really someone that had like kind of gone through that and so I just didn't know what to expect and um you as you said like I was on this highest of highs like all this stuff had happened I'd debuted I played two games for Australia I'd won MVP my second game and I got back in the squad and it was going to be a Commonwealth Games year in 2014 and I was like oh this is like awesome like and that happens and I just didn't know you know and all I knew was going to training every day and playing every week and then it was like all right well you're in bed and you're bedridden and you can't drive and I was still living at home so you know relying on the parents to drive me to physio and 
um, at that time our physio wasn't even full time. So I was having to go to her clinic, you know, I couldn't go to the club. Right. It was like you go to her clinic. So then I'd get dropped off, have to stay there for five hours with mum had to go to work. So I'd be doing rehab but then I'd just be sitting out the front like waiting to get picked up to <laughs> drive home because we didn't have a full-time physio where you just sit at the club and, and do all that rehab. Wow. So I was doing rehab at home, then going to the um, clinic to see her but then also when she was at training, then I was going to training to be around everyone. So, yeah, it was it was a tough injury. Um, there's no doubt about it. And I don't think you quite know what it's like until you actually go through it and everyone deals with it differently. I think for me I kind of had to take a little step back from – being so involved in everything because I just felt like it was like FOMO. Like it was like I want to yeah. do that but I actually can't. Um, and there were some absolute highs of rehab and then there's days where it's just like your darkest days and you just can't see the end. And um, But I had amazing – I had two guys um, at SNCs at InSwiss at the time. So Swiss were linked to InSwiss at the time um, and they were just unreal. Like they were at every rehab session, that, you know, they were at the pool with me when I was, you know, back in the pool. They were swimming next to me like trying to race me because – Obviously, the girls were still going through their season, so um, they were focusing on that. So I was also doing things at different times. So, yeah, it was a hard injury, but I think it makes you realise how bad you want it. And I think that I was very fortunate to have a two-year contract at the time. So uh, that was my first year in the contract, so I had that year to try and come back. Um, otherwise, you know, I don't know what it would have been like. You know, would I have got another contract? Would I not? Um, but, yeah, tough injury, but I think it made me realise how badly I want to play at this level. Would you have... Um like, did, did you feel like you you missed out? Like the, the Commonwealth Games was that next year, and you were in you were in that team. Like, did you did you were you watching on, like you said FOMO, but were you watching on feeling like you were you were missing out? A little bit, but I think um, I, watching like say the twenty eighteen Com Games when I missed out as well. Yeah, that was harder because it was like I wasn't injured. Where twenty fourteen, I was like, well, like I literally like I was sitting there in the lounge going, well, I actually can't play netball. Yeah. So whilst I was like, oh, that could have been me or that, I could have won that gold medal with them, it was like, well, I actually can't. But then 2018, watching and just not being selected, it was even harder because you're like, oh, like, you know, and, and obviously England won that Com Games and I had a teammate in Helen Housby, she shot the winning goal to beat Australia in um, the gold medal match and she then came back to our team and was like, you know, obviously like stoked. And she you, were, just, you were living with her? Uh, no, she was, she was in our team and yeah, so she right. came back and she was just stoked and obviously she's like, she just made history for England because they've never won a medal, like yeah. gold medal and and yeah, that was hard because like she'd been on the highest of highs and all I wanted to do was be there. But um, yeah, I felt like, yeah, you feel like you're missing out but I think because I was injured, I was like, well, I actually can't be there right now. So it was a little bit easy to watch. What did you learn being injured and then coming back and then, you know, finding form again? What did you learn? Yeah, I think it, it took me a while to find form. I think it, obviously I feel like I was confident in my rehab and I feel like they were constantly holding me back. But I think the biggest lessons for me were just like being able to be diligent and, um, you know, rehab was just ruthless and I didn't want to cut any corners or, you know, take the easy run. When I would come back, I wanted to know that I'd done everything right. So when I was able to take that court, you know, I had no – because I had – you know, everyone says to me, oh, were you nervous? And I was like, well, not really because I'd done everything and they held me back so much. And I was like, just let me go. Like, just let me go. And I think, you know, it was always about for us – it's not about the short term, it's about the long term. You know, we don't want to get you back in nine months and then, you know, you're back here in, in two years. It was about we want you back and we want you back for, for good. So for me it was about, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, making sure that my preparation was, was good and I think that's something I've taken into as I've got older. Um, Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, I always, always laugh at the young ones. I feel like you used to be able to go out on a Saturday, Sunday, and then back up Monday. But now oh, I'm like, yeah. you won't see me out at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't worry. It's absolutely true. <laughs> how, do you, how do you mentally um, – like you said, it's such a common injury. It's like – it's probably the most common injury, right? In netball, yeah. ACLs especially. Um, mentally, do you just have to put it to the back of your mind and go, I'm not going to think about it at all, you know, because it's such a common – like you're moving and stopping and turning so much. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's something that I guess when you're out there playing, like you just – you don't even think about it. The only time I really think about it is when you have like kind of that awkward land or like, you know, you get hit and everyone goes – and you're like, oh, God, like, you know, and I, there was one of them a couple of weeks ago where I landed funny and I kind of got knocked as I landed and everyone's like, oh. and I was like, oh, and then there was kind of like moment of like, oh, like that could have been, that could have been it. But yeah. otherwise when you're out there, like you're so focused on what you got to do and I feel like netball is such a fast sport so you don't have time really to think about anything else but being in the moment. So, yeah, obviously um, it's one of those things that happens but it's something that's not in, your, in the front of your mind at all. That diamonds journey that you spoke about, like it, it sounds like you've had, ups and downs like what what are what are reflections on that what are, what are the downs what are the ups like what are your what are your favorite memories because down down can be favorite you yeah. can learn from it um oh the ups I, I can't go past the like 2015 world cup i think i had just done my acl obviously came back it was rehabbing 2014 um first kind of games back were in 2015 um and then i've we went all the way to uh, – so the Diamond squad usually gets picked like early in the season, uh, but the team gets picked later. And so I didn't get picked in the squad, obviously, after coming back from ACL. I'd only played six games, so I didn't get picked in that. Mm. Um, but then we made the grand final. We lost the grand final. But um, that day they said, oh, check your emails. And so I checked my emails the night. Up, like we're, we just lost by one. You're obviously devastated. And then I checked my email and it's like, hey, you've been elevated to the Diamond squad. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, and the next day I get a phone call saying, oh, you're going to the World Cup in 2015. Wow. And it was like unreal. It was in Sydney. Like so Sydney girl had all my family and friends there. Like just came back from ACL. Like it was just – and then we beat New Zealand by three. Like it was – I was just like, oh, this is – I said this just happens. Like and I think from there it was just like a bumpy road. I think um, obviously at the end of every cycle, so every four years you kind of have Com Games and World Cup and then they kind of like bring in new people. They refresh things. They obviously try new things and – I just struggled, like I was kind of in the squad, but then I wasn't getting game time. And then um, then I got dropped. So in 2017, the Suncorp Super Netball came in and um, a lot of the people left Swift. So then we had a really young Swifts team, which is the one we're with now, but we weren't winning games. So then I guess when you're not winning games, your form kind of goes down. And so then I got dropped from the Australian squad altogether. And, um, and then I got back in and then I got out again and, then obviously we won the premiership in 2019 with the Swifts and then I went to a World Cup. And so in 2019 you played like, I don't know, eight games and then had a World Cup break and then you came back and finished the season. And so we had lost the World Cup by one goal to New Zealand. 
Yes. And we we're at the after party thing, and the commercial guy said to me, "Oh, like, you know, what, what's wrong?" I was like, "Oh, I'm going home to win the premiership." I was like, that just infuriated me, like losing that what I won. He's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I was like, no, no, I'm going home. I'm going to win the premiership. Like, I, we haven't won it in 11 years. I've never won a premiership. Anyway, then we went on to win it. And wow. I saw him out after the grand final. He's, and I was like, I told you. <laughs> and I, he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I was like, I told you. Like, I just knew that moment that we lost that. I was like, no, nah, like, this year is, like, we've, we've got to get it. And to come home from that and then go out and win the win the final was just unreal. But... Yeah, I guess the highest things were, were Com Games 2022 for Diamonds in yep. 2015. But I guess one thing that was a low point in Diamonds was obviously the Commonwealth Games. I did my calf um, just before it. So I 2018? 20, 2022. Did you? So I literally um, was was flying and I felt like um, the new coach had come in, Stacey Marinkovic had come in um, Early and I, about 20, I think she came in 2020. I didn't really play early in her under under her, but then I got an opportunity in it. I think it was 2021 um, quad series and then oh, 2022 quad, quad series and played well and then kind of got that form in under her. And then I got picked to go to the Commonwealth Games and I felt like, oh yeah, this is my moment. Like I'm firing. Like you're back. Was, I'm back. <laughs> like she believes in me. Like she gave me the opportunity. Like yeah. And then um, I was playing really well and then we had our last practice game before we were going to the village. And um, I was like, oh, my calf just like, I didn't feel anything go. I just felt like it felt tight. So I just came off and said to the physio, oh, it feels tight. Like, oh, we'll get a scan or whatever. Anyway, that was like the hardest time because we had three reserves. So you had to like the Wednesday to say if Paige was in or out. And this is like Monday. And so like, oh, we need to get a scan. We get checked because we also need to make a call if you're going to go to the Commonwealth Games or if you're going to be ruled out. And I was like, oh, like, so it was just, and so you go into the village and everyone's running around berserk, you know, got the new bag, got this, did you see this? <laughs> We're like, Paige, you're going to go to scans. I missed out on all of that hurrah because they sent me off to a scan anyway. They said, oh, you've got kind of like a, you know, a bit of a strain, but like it's nothing really, like, you, you know, you should be good, but you could not be good because you're playing seven games in ten days. So, like, you may not be okay. I was like, oh, I guess it's your call, like, you know. And so they gave me every, every you know, second to try and get there and, it was so hard because, you know, like Jamie Lee was the reserve and so she's obviously sitting there going, you know, like I could actually be going into a Commonwealth Games and then mm. I'm sitting there going, oh, I could be pulled out here at the last second. And, you know, I was doing all these tests and it was getting better and they were like, yep, yeah, okay, we're going to give you a crack. And I was like, thank you. Like I, I just didn't know which way they were going to go. And anyway, so I, yeah, Stacey said, no, we believe that you're going in the right direction and stuff. So I missed the first game and then I was on monitored load. So I played the second game and felt really good. And then that third game felt really great. The second quarter felt really great. And it was about a few minutes to go and I felt like someone had kicked me in the leg. And I was like, mm, that's the calf. That's the calf. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I uh, turned around like, who kicked me? And then I was like, no. Nah. Anyway, so I obviously hobbled off. Um, and then I just knew that that was probably that was going to be it. And we had spoken about that. That's the risk if I go out and play that it could go. But I was willing to risk that to try and you know get through that tournament and try and be a part of it. And so whilst I was on this amazing journey of Com Games, I was also like fighting these obviously personal like how can I like I'm here like why did this happen like why me like playing really well and then this calf and I never really had calf issues. I never had calf issues and then it literally just went bing like mm. and I remember going to the change room at half time and going into the back room and obviously the girls were talking and he's just like what do you want to do and I was like no I'm going out there like I'm no it's fine like we're going out there so I went out there and 
supported her and she obviously knew like the physio was crying she knew that obviously that was me done and you know she'd obviously been trying to get me back and stuff and um yeah it was really tough but it was such a weird thing because all I wanted to do was I think for me I went into like okay well they cannot lose this gold medal because I would feel like it was my fault because I've just gone and got injured they've risked putting me in there and then they've gone and played ten you know seven or eight games more load without me being there because yes. At the time, you can't swap people once this tournament starts. So that's it. Like they were playing. They're carrying. With, yeah, they're carrying without yeah. me. And I was like, oh, we cannot lose this because otherwise they'll be like, oh, it's because they took Paige Hadley and she was injured and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I can't live with that. And so I, I was like, nah. I went to my room, had about half an hour of like sobbing to myself. And I was like, nah, that's it. And then so um, the other mid quarters, all I was doing was like watching PA on like Jamaica and England and like giving like pointers. And on the bench, I was just like so loud because I, all I could do was give my energy to there. I didn't have to worry about warming up or being ready just in case I was going on I could just waste my energy on like being in the moment and stuff and yeah I was just like whilst I was devastated personally I didn't get to be out be out there playing in that whole tournament and especially the gold medal match but to be a massive part of it and you know to have like Stacey the coach after go like I don't think we would have won that if you know if it wasn't for you and how you put yourself you know put your issues aside and was there for the team and I think the other middies could just play with freedom because I think I don't know if you ever felt like, like you know, when you're under the pressure of like performing and someone gonna take your spot, like who's gonna have the beard, like where they didn't have to worry about that. I was just there supporting them and stuff, and to win that gold medal was just the best feeling ever. And I think, whilst I would have loved, obviously, the fairy tale to me to be on that court and be playing it, I think, um, yeah, it was just the most surreal thing to be a part of it and obviously going through that journey and. Um, yeah, so whilst it was like the down, it was also the highest of high. It sounds like a full circle kind of thing, yeah. right? If you talk about your big injury to ACL when you're a young player and just even just hearing you speak about it, it was about you and yeah. getting your knee right and getting back out there and yeah. getting taken by your parents, the physio. You do your calf and it's not as serious an ACL, but it sounds like maturity-wise you're able to switch pretty quickly into not being about you. Yeah. And even though even though you were worried about the impact you'd have not being out there, um, the full circle moment is like the ability to go, right, it's not about me almost. Yeah. Am yeah. I right? Oh, absolutely. And I think it was that point of like I had that moment of like crying because, you know, I guess it's something you dream of as a kid to go oh, to com games. And it's selfish to a point, right? Like yeah, you're you, like, that's what I dreamed of. Yeah. And then you're like this close to it and it gets ripped under, you know, ripped from underneath you. And But then I was like, nah, like I cannot have this team win silver and be like, oh, it's because they carried an injury player. Like the players were under fatigue. They were too loaded. You know, the mid-quarters looked fatigued. They, they were tired. I was like, no, nah, like we have to win this. I was like doing everything I could to like, you know, make sure that they were ready to go. They were informed. They had their strategies down. Like, they were pumped. And so I just, just just being able to watch that gold medal match and see them just like go because we obviously lost to Jamaica in the rounds yep. and then played them again in the grand final. And to see them just like push on and push on, I, I was just like, just stoked. And I remember I tried to run on the court at the end because <laughs> they, they strapped my calf up because they were like, you know, just in case you got to run on after the end. And I went to run. I was like, I can't run. So I'm like hobbling. One girl's like carrying me. I was like, oh, God. I was like, I thought it was going to be like the fairy tale when I get to run onto the pack. But I was like, I cannot run here. And I got one girl under me like pulling me along. I was like, oh, God, it wasn't it wasn't as pretty as what I thought it was going to be in does, my head. Does the entire squad get medals? Like, do you all get a water and a medal? Yeah, so the 12 um, that are there and then the coaches. But, like, if it, yeah, if if we had it swapped out, probably wouldn't have. Like, yes, it was only yeah. the 12 that were there and then the coaching staff. That so you've got your medal. Yeah. Got, got no, I know you didn't get to play in the game, but I yeah. feel like that's – Oh. I mean – Huge. Yeah. And I, I honestly, like, 
I would, I would hands down, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't have wanted to be fit and ready to playing. But what I got from that, and I feel like the satisfaction that I got from um, even like, um, so Kate was the other midcourt that was playing in that game, and she said to me like, like she had a joke that I was, you know, thanks coach, like I wouldn't have got through if it wasn't for you helping me with that. Like the satisfaction that I got from people saying, you know, what you gave to that team, how selfless you were, like was huge for me. It was like. That's that's the ultimate thing about team sport is it's not always about you. Um, it's about taking sometimes you away from that and what you can give. And I think, yeah, I would be lying if I said it, it didn't give me a huge satisfaction to to know, you know, even like the coach came up to me and go, I don't think we would have won that if it wasn't for what you did and, you know, the energy you gave. And it was like I wasn't even injured because every meeting I was like, I was involved and stuff. So where I feel like you could have gone one or two ways, you could be like, oh, I don't want to be here. Like this is, <laughs> sucks, you know, like where I was like, not like I, I don't want to look back and go, or what if, or we could have won gold. Like we only get once every four years to get the opportunity to do that. It's almost like a better experience. I don't know, people yeah. don't like sit yeah. you down and say that as a player because yeah. they're like, well, that's what you're meant to be doing. I don't know, you defended well, you attacked well, thanks, like yeah. here's your medal. Yeah. But if you're actually able to do something that um, you're not, ex almost like not expected to do, it's almost like, I don't know if you can say it's better, but it's certainly like unique, right? Yeah, like, and I think as a, like, as a leader, it helped me because I feel like as yeah. a leader, I always think I'm like, you know, what I do on the court, how I train, like, you know, the intensity I bring and stuff where it was able to lead in a different way and, you know, give that kind of energy and voice and um, in a different aspect where it wasn't always just what happens on the court, it's what you're doing off the court as well. So talking about leadership, you're the current co-captain of the Swifts with Maddie Proud um, and you guys are playing in finals this year. You finished minor premiers on top of the ladder. You've been a two-time – you call them premiership? You're a two-time premiership? You're yeah. a three-time premiership player? Two-time. 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 Uh, hopefully, hopefully three-time. 2019, 2021, <laughs> two yeah. flags. Um, and I've got to say uh, a big shout-out to KO Sports. Yes. If you are interested and loved hearing um, Paige speak about what she's doing, you can watch every game of finals. Uh, Suncorp Super Netball Finals, live and free, KO freebies. You don't need a credit card. You don't, you don't give anyone cash. It's free. <laughs> you sign up. takes a minute. You just send an email. So you can go to kosports.com.au forward slash freebies. So you guys are free to air. We can watch you go about your business. What's it like coming into this final series as the captain of the team? Yeah, um, well, we've, we've had this joke that, you know, we like the odd year. So we won 2019, won 2021. So it's time, it's 2023. Um, like it. But yeah, I think um, started off the season really, really patchy. We had a loss, uh, a draw because the power went out in one of our games in Adelaide. And, <laughs> and then, you lost. A draw. So a we draw, had a lost. Draw. And then, yeah, so Sorry. at halftime. I thought they just said, no, you lose. Bella. Yeah, well, <laughs> halftime, the power went out. And so it was a draw actually on the scoreboard. But because you only, if you get over half a game, so if you get in the third quarter, the score stands. But it's halftime. They couldn't get it back on. The whole in Adelaide, the whole wow. the whole stadium went out. Wow! So they called the mid, game a draw. mid game. Was it yeah, mid, mid game? Was it like mid pass? No. So what ha what had happened actually is we have, do you know what decals are on the floor? Yeah, yeah. like the sponsors things. Right? Yeah. So they were too sticky. So you have to have the, the texture of the court. Like obviously because we're like stopping and starting all yeah. the time, it needs to be like the same. Yes. Where they were too sticky. So they were saying obviously that was an injury risk in terms of like you know going from this surface to that surface. Yeah. So they they had to delay the game to. Pull them all up. I was so, going to say, how do you unstick the decals? Yeah, they took had them to off. Pull them all up, right? <laughs> so that they delayed the game by like forty minutes, forty-five minutes. So we're already like, all right, here we go. So delayed the game. Then we go out and start playing the game. Go into the change room. Half time. We're in the change room. And the coach like, stay in here. We're like, 
why? She's like, oh, you just got to stay in here. And we're like, well, it's, it's time to go out. <laughs> and she's like, oh, the lights have gone out. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, we thought it was an actual joke. And we're like, Adelaide just don't want to play us. Like, and it's really fitting because we're actually playing Adelaide Lightning. this weekend yes. um, in Sydney, though. But yeah, so um, start off the season really, really patchy for us. Like, we had a loss, um, a draw. Had a, s- a small margin win, then a massive loss to Fever, to West Coast. Yep. Um, and then it was kind of like, gosh, like, you know, and I, we had very similar team, but we had got a new shooter in. So we lost Sammy Wallace um, last year to an ACL injury, which is our marquee shooter. So we moved to more of a moving circle. And then this year we've got Romelda Aiken-George, who's a Jamaican, who's just come back from having a, a little girl, Gianna. Um, so it was taking us a while to kind of click in that attack end. But then from round five, we I think we had about five or six games that we won by one or two goals. Um, and everyone's like, oh, Swiss are just scraping through. But literally it was like we just found a way. Like it was the hardest of games, but we just found a way. Like against West Coast, we're over in Perth. It's always hard to win over in Perth. RAC, you know, up by two, uh, up by one, 40 seconds to go. And then Matty Turner just comes out and like swipes his ball and like we get the pick up, go to goal, score, draw, our centre pass, literally three seconds to go, throw it in, Romelda shoots. Like it was just literally like every game, but – so thank you for that. We had a um, we had a scheduled sit down with the fever that week, and <laughs> I I rang and said, "Look, I know how it goes in sporting clubs when you lose like that. I'm not coming. We're not coming in because I know what the team meeting is going to be like." So thanks for that. We pushed us back a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I think um yeah the season in whole obviously like built every every week like the few in there were winning by one or two goals. Last few kind of could break it out to eight or more. Um, I guess we had wrapped up that kind of minor premiership. So last week's game, disappointing from our end in terms of the way we played. Um, but we get another crack at Adelaide and I think we're pumped. I think no one thought we would be in this position except us. I think this group has the other belief. I think the core of us, the six, I think the six of us that have been together since 2017. Um, and yeah, pumped to go into finals I think especially coming off last week playing Adelaide again um we're going to be able to play him here um but yeah I think it's going to be an absolute fantastic final series that this season has been the closest it's been ever yeah um but yeah obviously excited I think last week's loss I think was a bit of a kick up the bum to be honest to to get us in the gear I think sometimes when you're on that winning streak you never know what that feeling of losing is and that just finding that little edge and so this week's been really good in terms of PA for us in terms of what we're doing on court, in terms of our structures, because um, they've got one of the best defensive leagues uh, in the competition, so they're back to a you know in terms of stats. Um, so yeah, it's about finding ways around that. But yeah, really excited for what's ahead for the final series. Cool. The captaincy. How, how have you found that? Yeah, I think for us, like me and Maddie, it's amazing because I think we're so different in terms of who we are as people, but also leaders. And I think it's something that we've both just naturally fallen into. I think. Um, for me, as I spoke about, it's it's about that passion. It's about um, the intensity. It's about the workload. It's about, you know, for me, I, preparation is key for me. So um, people probably hate me in PA, but I like to have – because I obviously play wing attack as well. So wing attack's role is to kind of set the structures of the whole attack end. So I like being really settled in terms of going to the game so I know I can just play with freedom. So I like knowing exactly like A, B, C, but other players are just like going in and having a feel where for me it's about having that structure and – you know, a lot of players say, oh, you don't get the accolades. Well, I was like, but if my attack end's firing, I know what the structures I'm putting in place are, are doing well. So, yeah, I think for me and Maddie, we're different people, but we bring different things. And to be able to play together, obviously, in that centre wing attack role, 
um, it's awesome. I think our, our relationships has grown and our relationship on court is just, is just like in sync now. We don't even have to speak really. We just know kind of where we're going to be. But yeah, I think as a leader, obviously you want to be out there. You want to be doing your own personal performance, but you also want to bring, bring the team along with you. And for me, if I can see people firing, you know, I know I'm doing the right thing. Do you, right. Ever, do you get itchy to, to shoot? Like, cause you're, <laughs> you're creating so much, but you, know, <laughs> like, so you don't really get the accol- accolades. Like in every other sport, you know, anyone can score at any time. Yeah. But, I don't know, you're just, you're held back from it. Yeah, no, nah, never get the urge. Really? Um, at training, you know, we'll try and have <laughs> a... Launch one. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a shooting game or whatever. I'm like, nah, you just, you guys have to do it. I, I think shooters, whilst, you know, they do get all the accolades, I think the amount of work they do, or especially in our team, they're always shooting after training, before training, and the pressure that's on them, you know, every every game, you know, especially with the super shot coming in, in the outer arc, it's been able to open up games. And um, so, yeah, whilst... Everyone likes to be a shooter and get you know everyone, everyone remembers a winning winning goal yeah. or whatever. also the pressure they're under is is immense and you know I think our shooters have done an amazing job this year. Good luck in the final series, Paige. Thank yeah. you. I, think, I think we've come to the end of your journey. Well, not the end, but we're, we're at <laughs> a point podcast. in time. This podcast in journey. a point in time. We're looking forward to watching you uh, in the finals. Um, good luck and uh, thanks for joining us on Back Chat. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No worries. So uh, we come towards the end of the podcast here. Um, we're done. Bless you. You've been holding that for the entire interview. <laughs> uh, um, now, we uh, come towards the end, but uh, we aren't finished yet. So you've heard enough from Dan and I. Um, we'll get some questions from our audience. So not social media, social media. Yes, that's right. Media. You see what we've done there. I think you have. It's amazing. Um, now, uh, Dan, have you got these here yeah. in front of you? Or? Yeah. So these are from our, some of our audience. Some questions for you. You ready? Yeah. Uh, this first one's from Keely, I think with four underscores. Uh, are there any ever um, are there any ever discussions amongst netball teams about how the progression in women's AFL or other male dominated sports like rugby could be a positive for netball? Um, or do you think there are any negatives to the attention being taken off the most watched women's sport in Australia and distributed amongst other um, others with the uprise of other codes? That's yeah. a long. There's. There's a few things there. Definitely discussions and I think there's both positives and negatives to both. I think um, obviously positive in terms of women's sport, like being put out on the map, being out there. I think netball's obviously been the number one women's sport for so long, but having, you know, AFL and uh, NRL and all these sports codes coming in, I think is opportunity for women to be able to have a full-time career in these sports. But I guess for netball we see it as, yes, it's positive, but also, you know, it is a negative. We don't have the backing of a male-dominated sport to be able to, I guess, cross-code and have that support. So I think it's a challenge for netball to be able to, you know, and you've probably seen in the media recently there is challenges for netball to be able to, I guess, push that and, I guess, financially what position we're in. And, um, yeah, I think it's definitely something we discussed. And I think, as we spoke about, you know, our my first um, contract was 11000 where, you know, women in NRL and that are getting way more than that for their first contracts and... I guess for us, we've been in a pathway since you were seven to get to that point. So, yeah, there's definitely positives and negatives. I think for women's sports, huge. I love being able to switch on the TV even tonight, be able, or whenever this is going to be aired, but <laughs> be able to watch the origin for the women and and I went to a live game and stuff and see that you know that we are getting professional. But yeah, I guess for netball there is some challenges and that's something the sport's going to have to address because we don't we don't have the I guess you know that female or that male dominated sport to be able to collab with, but. I think netball's got the, I guess we have over, I think we're the third um, highest participation sport. So we've got the people there, you know, playing it and involved in it. It's about how we, I guess, progress that to be able to be, you know, in that professional league. Uh, Rebecca Jones says... You're running this, Matt. Yeah, how much does (laughs) voice play a part in netball on the court? 
voice. Mm. I think she, I think she means like, you know, talk, voice, communication, like communication. Oh, like it's huge. I think um, the game is so fast, and like communication is the biggest thing for us. And I think um, when I don't attack in every centre pass, like you may not see it, but we're either I'm making eye contact or talking or whatever, communicating about what the play is. There's no one play where you just go out there and you're running around not looking at your teammates. So. Yeah, voice is huge and obviously defensively that every structure, whether it's a diamond, a box, a one-on-one, there's all communication around what we're doing. So, yeah, it's huge. Last one from Smithy67. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, what me. would you tell young Paige Hadley with all of your experience that you have now? Oh, gosh. Good question. That's a great question, Smithy. Um, I think for me it, it's don't compare yourself. I think um, growing through our pathway, you kind of – always wanted what someone else kind of had or you know you felt like they had the easy journey or the easy path but it was about embracing I guess where you are right now and where you're heading and um yeah I think those times where I kind of got dropped out of the squad and stuff it was kind of like oh I wish I was like her and she was in there and she's playing in this where but I was always on the path to where I was meant to be and I think it's just like putting your head down working hard and getting there so yeah it's not comparing yourself and just enjoying where you are in your journey and, and where you're going it's good that's it um, you've done well, Paige. We want you to get, yeah. We want you to, <laughs> we want you to get and prepare for these final series. Good luck against the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Um, that's who you're playing, right? Yeah. Great. You looked yeah, at me you, like you were. You was, research? Yeah, correct. Um, Backchat double underscore. You can find us there. Backchat uh, underscore uh, studios. You can uh, find all of our stuff at backchatstudios.com.au. You can send us an email. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. A big thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, now, you've got some on your shirt, but we just need to go through some of these. Swimply, uh, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., Leaderville Cameras, um, and, of course, KO Sports for making this all happen. Make sure you jump on to KO Sports Freebies, kosports.com.au forward slash freebies to watch the entire Suncorp Super Netball Finals free. Yes, free, Dan. Freebies. Free. Understand? Absolutely. You free. don't even need, you know, you like sign up to something for 30 free. days and then you have to cancel it. You don't even do that. Free. Chaosports.com.au forward slash freebies. Uh, Paige Hadley, good luck. Thanks for sharing your journey with us. Thanks, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.